You know, Jesus saved us from a self-destructive way of life. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but he saved us from a self-destructive, selfish way of life. But he also saved us to a new way of life. He didn't just save us from our old one, but he saved us to a new one, a new way to live. And Jesus has given us, his followers, this divine mission that God has for each and every one of us. And it's to permeate all of our lives, everything we do, the way we go about our life, the way we do our job, the way we live in life, the way we treat one another, and the way we treat those around us in the world. And this series is going to be me talking to you about that so that we grasp the role that God has for us in the world. And it's entitled, Lights to the World, Ambassadors for Christ. And I'd like to share with you tonight just a couple passages of Scripture um, that this is based on. The first is found in Matthew chapter 5. And some of you are very familiar with this text. I don't know if they just decided to sing this song at the last minute um, or they were going to do it eight days ago when they usually pick the songs. But it's very interesting. The song that they sang tonight is found in the text in Matthew chapter 5, that we're going to read. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says this, You are the light of the world, like a city on a mountain, glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine out for all to see. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So what I want to do tonight is discuss with you what it means to follow this verse, what it means to be lights in the world. Now, obviously, the Bible tells us in John that Jesus was the light of the world and that Jesus came into the world and that men loved darkness more than they loved the light. But now Jesus is gone. Jesus died, rose from the dead, and he rose to the Father, and he reigns. But Jesus lives in us. He's not here, but we are. He's not here physically, but he's here spiritually, and he lives inside of you and I. And the intention of God was to fill the earth, every continent, all over the world, with little Christs. We are Little Christ, not divine, not God, but we're God's children. We're Christians. And God has a way in which he wants us to go about our life. We're going to get into this in the weeks to come. But we're also his representatives. We're his ambassadors. But I wanted to start tonight with this text in, in, that we are lights in the world. <clears throat> I'd like to show you something very interesting in the book of Acts. Um, people tend to forget this passage about the Lord, but Peter is talking about the Lord. So Peter, remember, <clears throat> he is on the hill where Jesus is talking right now in Matthew chapter 5. Peter's giving <clears throat> probably his second message <clears throat> in the book of Acts, at least the one that's recorded after Pentecost, and he says this, and no doubt you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went everywhere 
doing good. And healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now this is a very interesting passage of scripture. We don't usually think of Jesus going everywhere doing good. But he tells us to go do the same. He tells us in Matthew 5 that you're the lights of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they see what? Your words? Yes, we will share our testimony. We will share the good news of Christ. But first and foremost, he tells us, let them see your good deeds so that they will glorify your Father in heaven. Now, it's so ironic that Jesus was doing, in so many ways, the same thing. In Acts, the Bible tells us, and Peter, of course, traveled with the Lord. He traveled with the Lord from place to place to place during his public ministry. And he describes him as going everywhere doing good. Here's another ironic thing about that passage. The Bible says there that God anointed him and filled him with power, anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. So we have the same power that Jesus had. We do not have the same ability, in my opinion, in my study of the scripture and what I see today, to do the instantaneous, miraculous healings that Jesus did. Those were authenticating acts to demonstrate the deity of Jesus Christ. And then early in the book of Acts, very early, you find that the apostles had miraculous power to do the same thing, to instantly heal the lame, to instantly bring sight to the blind. But later as you go through the book of Acts, by the way, you can read this yourself, study this yourself, you begin to see fewer and fewer of what we call the signs and wonders gifts. But you never see a lessening of doing good. It's all throughout the epistles, all throughout the The book of Titus tells us to be devoted to good deeds. The book of Ephesians tells us we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that God planned beforehand. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 14, Peter says, live such good lives among the Gentiles, that means among the non-Christians, that though they defame you as criminals for your faith, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us, the day he comes back, which is almost a direct quote of Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, where his Savior told us, our Savior told us, you are lights of the world. I want you to think about that for a moment, what that would mean if you began to think of yourself in that way. I am a light to the world. I am a light to the world. Today, as I went through my day, I'm a light to the people. I'm intended to be a light to the people that come in contact with me in my neighborhood, at my job, in my classroom, in my family, at Thanksgiving, at Christmas. I'm a light. God intends me to be a light, and the way in which I let that light shine is through good deeds done for others. I would like to share with you tonight a really inspiring story. This story has touched me deeply. It's very personal and involves my daughter and my son-in-law. So my daughter 
is a new mom. Uh, my daughter who was sick for so many years, Jessica, and she and her husband, Mark, they moved to one of the southern, southern suburbs. Their first little house about a year, year and a half ago. <clears throat> and so Jessica and Mark, just like all of us, they're like, Lord, we want you to use us. Please use us. Please show us how you can be used with the limited strength. They both have some health issues, a lot of work that he, Mark's doing, and she's got a little busy little girl. Right next to them was a guy and a girl living there. They had some dogs across the yard, and so they got to know him. They said hi to him. And, and one day, <clears throat> Jessica was looking out the window and noticed there were some police cars in front of the house. She thought it was kind of unusual. <clears throat> they were there for quite a while, <clears throat> like several hours. And um, <clears throat> later on, she saw them bring the guy out, and they left. <clears throat> So she went next door, knocked on the door, and the young lady, we'll call her Mary, came to the door, and she was obviously very, very emotional, and so Jessica just listened. She just listened. And she told her the story at very similar to the kind of things that our dear brother Juan had to deal with. And next thing we know, he's in jail. And uh, it's a very difficult situation. Well, she didn't know what she's going to do, how she's going to pay the mortgage, what, how in the world am I going to handle all of this. <clears throat> He's a little older than she is. She's in her mid-20s and never been through anything like this. Both of her parents died of cancer. She has no one. She had a very, very difficult life. <clears throat> so Jessica begins to just invite her over. She didn't have much money for breakfast, so she had breakfast. And little Charlie became sort of like a therapy baby. She's never had the chance to be around like a family like this. And so they'd have her over. They'd have her over. Uh, Mark would go over and check the oil in her, uh, in her car. She had no idea how to do it. She said, I just kind of don't do it and hope it all works out. <laughs> and God really put it on Mark and Jessica's heart one day. They realized that her situation was very, very difficult. <clears throat> she may not be able to make the mortgage payment. Um, and so they took over $500 to her. She was beside herself. She's like, where, you know, you kind of wonder, where do these kind of, where do you come from? <clears throat> so they're praying for her. They're praying for, um, you know, it's her fiance that's in jail. <clears throat> and so Mark goes to see him. No one's come to see him. He goes down, uh, I think it was Hennepin County, goes to see him. They have to talk through glass. And he's just kind of overwhelmed that this young man came to see him. So Mark lets him know they're praying for him. <clears throat> so he goes back, and they continue to just reach out. Jessica continues to reach out to this young lady. Um, she gets pretty sick. Jessica goes over to see her when she's sick. She has a couple of roommates that are living there that are just, frankly, making a mess of the place. Uh, so they give her some advice. They're, they're praying for her every single day. <clears throat> so Mark, Mark and Jessica go to see uh, this guy in jail again. They decided, let's go together. So they went together. They took little Charlie, and they're in the uh, waiting room. And there's this guy in the waiting room, and he's got his feet way out. And little Charlie's just learning to walk. This is my little granddaughter. She trips, falls on the floor, and snaps off her front tooth. So now I got a little hillbilly granddaughter. <laughs> well, you know, until her permanent teeth come in. 
And, you know, I was really struck as they were telling me this story because I know kind of me. I know how I'm wired, how I would have been tempted to react. And, well, you know, fortunately, he didn't bleed and all that. And um, they just got up and they went to see him anyway. <clears throat> I believe they gave him a Bible. And so they've been keeping in touch with him. He calls him. He's now at a different um, prison. He's come to know Christ. <clears throat> he reads his Bible every day and he's telling his girlfriend, you've got to be around these Christian people. So they continue to have her over for um, a breakfast each morning, coffee, and she just hangs around little Charlie. Like I said, it's just been incredible therapy for her. And Jessica just listens, prays with her and listens, encourages her. <clears throat> so Jessica got it in her head, you know, I'm going to help her find a job. So my daughter, she's a very determined young lady. She just gets online and she starts looking, she starts looking, she starts looking. She finds this really neat job, if it would work for her, working for, as a kind of a medical transcription person. And so she helps her set up this interview. She got the job and started Monday. Then, then Jessica thought, you know, and Mark thought, we, we really want to help her find some really good, solid roommates. So my daughter, Mark, they craft this letter. Mark crafts this letter. They send it out to a bunch of people, and kind of like fishing, and nobody bit, nobody bit. And they just kept praying. We've been praying. Kathy and I have joined them. We just keep praying. We keep praying for Mary. Keep praying for her. We keep praying for her. <clears throat> Finally, Jessica calls me. She goes, Dad, I don't know why, but I just decided to call one of my friends who's kind of been like a, a second mom to me. She's, um, you know, old enough to be this young lady's mom. <clears throat> And she gets on the phone, and this sister will call her Sally. Sally's like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? I really need to get out of where I'm at right now. <clears throat> Do, I have a dog. Oh, that's great. They have dogs, too. They, they love animals. I could live there with my animal. You could live there. And so, bam, they met the other night. They met the, Jessica got them to meet. They came over to her home. They hit it off. And January 1, she's going to have, for the first time in her life, a super reliable Christian roommate. All because, all because, yeah, you clap. I mean, it's incredible what God did. It's the answer to prayer. But the bottom line is, it just took someone, one person, two people, Mark and Jessica, to decide, let's be lights. Let's be lights. I mean, here's the mom. You know, again, she didn't have four children. She's got one, but she's busy, and she decides, well, what can I do? And it's a beautiful thing when we step back and we go, what can I do? We can do something. We can all do something. We can reach out. We can help someone. We can have them over for breakfast. We can reach out to the neighbor. We can go see what's going on in their world. <clears throat> and I, I've just, I mean, I, personally, this is overwhelming for me. Uh, you know, I just sit at home sometimes in tears as she tell me the stories like, God, thank you for the way you worked in my daughter's life. You know, this summer I was at a, uh, this is for your parents, the impact you can have on your children <clears throat> and how these kind of acts impact your children. <clears throat> I was with a whole group of pastors, kind of a pastor's conference this summer. <clears throat> There's probably about 350 of us there, 400. <clears throat> and some of the guys there decided to honor <clears throat> my son Jeremy with uh, 
uh, our movement has, it's called the Golden Bus Award. It's for those who take risks for the gospel, for new initiatives. And some of you know Jeremy started the Salvage Project. He goes into prisons and does concerts and shares the gospel. And uh, literally now hundreds, I think now close to, it probably is getting closer to a thousand guys and ladies that have come to know the Lord um, over the last several years. <clears throat> so Jeremy came up. I'd never heard him say this before. And, you know, so they were giving him this, just this little plaque and, and just to encourage everybody to keep taking <clears throat> steps of faith. And they asked him to say a few words, and I was sitting in the, in the very back of the room, and he, and, and he got pretty emotional. He said, you know, I want to tell you where my compassion comes from. I grew up watching my mom and dad, and I started to cry because I, I really didn't think things we did were that big a deal. I just didn't. They're just things we do. We're lights. You know, Kathy and I, we're no different than anybody else. We're just trying to be lights to the world. Whether when we lived in the trailer court, and, and there was a, a couple that lived down not far from us, and they were, a, to be honest, a special needs couple, and they had a couple kids, and those kids would play outside. The little girl wore a swimsuit when it was like 30 degrees out. No one really cared, and my wife would have them over. She'd make them cookies. In fact, our whole family got infected with lice because we had them over. But my kids grew up around that. They just grew up around it. You know, mom and dad take time with those who are less fortunate or those who are around us who we can show compassion, who we can be lights. And it's been so remarkable for me now to step back and see my children picking up the baton, picking up the baton. See my youngest son and his wife who just adopted a little African Guyanese girl from Guyana and bring them into her home. All of us can do something. All of us can be lights to the world. I remember many, 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 many years ago, I was a young man, <clears throat> very young. I just started following the Lord. I was 19, maybe just about 20. <clears throat> and I met this group of students from Chile, South America. And at the time, <clears throat> um, the, 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 what was known as the Junta, the Communist Pinochet, had taken over Chile, and it was a very, very bad situation. And the parents had got them out of the, out of the country. But they were lied to. They were told they could get green cards. They could all get jobs. Well, they couldn't. <clears throat> so one day I was helping a friend move, and uh, they come by on the sidewalk, and I see them. I said hello to them, and I noticed one gentleman, uh, you know, they were kids, uh, maybe a year or two older than I was, and his young wife, and she was very pregnant. <clears throat> and they were, they were the most friendly of the bunch of about 20. <clears throat> so I found out they were staying at this rundown motel at the edge of town, and I went out to see them, and I found they were like 10 in a room, 10 people in a room, and this young couple's, you know, with other people in the room, you know. So I went and got groceries. I didn't have any, anybody to spend my money on. And so I went and got some groceries. I brought them back, and I would go visit them day after day, and finally it came time for her to have her child, um, you know, getting close, and and the hospital in, in Webster City would not allow her to have the child there. So <clears throat> I began to call around <clears throat> and finally decided I should call Iowa City because they, you know, a medical hospital, they need people to practice on. That's exactly how I thought of it. <clears throat> and when the first person gave me a no, I asked them for the dean of the college. When they gave me a no, I said, I want to talk then to the person who oversees your whole hospital. So when the doctor got on the phone, because they, they, he finally got through, I said, sir, I said, I really need your help 
But let me say this. No matter what I ask you, you took an oath. It's called the Hippocratic Oath. And I'm just 19 years old, but I know you took that oath. And I know you need women to practice on, your students. It won't be you delivering this baby. I need help. This couple needs help. I will get them there. He said, you're right. I did take an oath. And no matter what our rules are, you get her down here and we'll have the baby. Anybody could have do what I did. Anybody could have done what Jessica did. Any one of us can take a plate of cookies across the street at Thanksgiving to our Muslim neighbor or Ethiopian neighbor or Latino neighbor or our American neighbor, whoever they are, and just say, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm your neighbor across the street. Or Christmas time. I did this last year, both at Thanksgiving and Christmas, to my Muslim neighbor. Her name is Mohobu and Akhman and Muhammad. And then I met their daughters. And there's like a whole bunch of people living there. And I just say hi. And I'm just friendly. And I'm just kind. And uh, when they needed a new place to live, she came to me. Because I think she knew, well, I can trust this guy. She said, will you help us find a place? So I went online. I did my best. And then it turned out, the place I found, they didn't need because they were given another year in that particular place. And I said to her and to Ahmed, who was at the door, I said, I want you to know I'm very happy for you. And it's an answer to prayer, isn't it? And they just looked at me with a smile. I want to encourage you with a few things and then we're going to close. I want to just give you some very practical things that you can do to be lights in the world. Remember, it's your good deeds. One, here's one simple one. Invite a Chinese student to your home around Thanksgiving or for Thanksgiving. I realize some of you, you're younger, and so you tend to go home with your family. That's fine. No worries there. But if you're in town and you think to yourself, you know, let's have a Thanksgiving Eve. Have them over if you're free Thanksgiving Day. Invite one over. You can just go to hcchinese.org and you can sign right up there. You just get paid. Just sign up right there. Or Mark, M-A-R-C, at rockthechurch.com. You saw that behind me, and he'll set you up. Here's another thing you can do. I said this already, but take some cookies, bake some cookies. I call a friend who um, reaches out in a missionary way to Muslims because I wanted to make sure I didn't take something over that might be offensive, a particular type of food. So I went and bought some European cookies and wrapped them up. Kathy helped me wrap them up, and we just took them over. I figured they're probably sensitive to Christmas, the word Christmas. And so I just took over a season's greeting card and some more special things for them. And this year I'm thinking of taking something over my wife and I for a little girl. Here's another thing you could do, okay? This is a little bit bigger, but it's significant. Right now, many of you rockers, we have a total of 63 children sponsored through Compassion International. 63 children, $38 a month, feeds them, gives them medical care, helps them get an education, and every single one of them get presented with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And literally every year, thousands and thousands of those children come to know Jesus Christ. You could have a significant impact in their life, and your children watching that, whether you're single, you could do it. But as a couple with children, you can get your child involved. You can write letters. You can send them a little Christmas gift. And that child grows up watching you showing compassion to the world around us and being a light 
in this world for Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Lastly, there are so many things we could think of, but maybe you've got a, a hurting neighbor. <clears throat> maybe you've got a neighbor that's going through something. Recently, there was, I was not home. There was a vigorous knock on the front door. Vigorous. <clears throat> and sometimes, to be honest, Kathy and I <clears throat> don't answer the door because a lot of times it's just people trying to sell stuff in the particular neighborhood we live in. <clears throat> but the, the, it kept pounding, kept pounding, so Kathy decided I'm going to go down. And <clears throat> She opened the door, <clears throat> and the woman in front of her from across the street just began to sob. <clears throat> she had her little girl. She just, I don't know what to do. We don't really know their name. They're, the police have been over there more times than I can count. It's a very difficult situation. <clears throat> And she began to sob, and, and Kathy just gave her a hug. And she said, we're getting evicted. I don't know what to do. I don't know where we're going to go. <clears throat> and Kathy said, I, I'll pray for you. I'm so sorry that you're going through that. <clears throat> Kathy said, well, maybe my husband could do something. One of the neighbor ladies who we've helped before, she's from Vietnam, said, maybe we can help. <clears throat> so I went online, and I tried to find... <clears throat> some uh, affordable places that they might be able to live. And I went over later, no one was there, so I just left in the door. We do whatever we can do to be lights in the world that we live. But I want you to understand, your life has power. Your life has power. Christ lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And God wants to use you in this world to touch another human being's life. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. <clears throat> and I'd like you this weekend to just let your mind go. Just think, well, Lord, what can we do? What can we do? It might be at the line at Aldi. I've, I've had people that, I've had people in front of me, and you can tell they get up and they're, they can't pay for all the food. This has been more than one time. Not a whole lot. I've just said, hey, just, just, just put that on my bill. And they'll look at me like, what? I just put that on my bill. It's a beautiful thing when we just go through this world realizing this divine calling that God gave to us and we can help change someone's life with a simple act, a simple act, a simple act. And we know why we're doing it because of our Savior. But it's going to have an impact on their lives. God's going to use you to have an impact. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. What an incredible privilege it is, Lord, to be a Christian. What a privilege it is to bear that name. What a privilege to know the Son of God lives inside of us. What a privilege to know that you have this divine calling, this mission that you've given to us to go everywhere doing good, to represent our Savior. Now, I just ask you, Lord, you'd help us, no matter who we are here tonight, whether we think we have a little money or we, don't have, or we have a lot of money or we have in between or we're older or we're younger. Lord, you're not restrained. You can use a housewife. You can use a mom. You can use a dad. You can use a single. You can use a student. You can use anyone who's available and remembers the words of Jesus. Let your light shine. You are the light of the world. And I just pray, Lord, that we wouldn't hide these things. We just do them. We just do them. 
and realize, Lord, we live in a very dark world, a world that is mean. Every day we can turn on the news or we can look at the Internet or comes to our Facebook feed. Garbage, garbage, garbage. So much crap going on in this world. So much meanness, so much abuse. And I, I, I personally, Lord, it just thrills me every day to know I get up today and I'm one of those lights. I'm one of those lights. And we're going to bring some light and some good in all this ugliness and darkness. Use us, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen.